If you're tired of these promos, supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv for the links to sign up. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of February 12th, 2023. The podcast that taught a wretch to live straighter than a needle. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's alkalify the news of the bogus. One of the greatest journalistic minds ever is arguably Seymour Hirsch. He exposed the massacre at My Lai and its cover-up, covered the Watergate scandal, revealed Operation Menu where the United States bombed Cambodia, and more recently revealed the abuse of detainees at Abu Ghraib, Obama's lies about the events surrounding the death of bin Laden, and the truth about the false accusations of Bashar al-Assad using chemical weapons in the Syrian civil war. He's won the Pulitzer Prize, the George Orwell Award, two National Magazine Awards, and five George Polk Awards. Basically, he's a well-respected journalist by everyone until he reports on their scandal, in which case he suddenly turns into a kooky conspiracy theorist. More on that later in the podcast. He just published an expose on the destruction of the Nord Stream pipelines. As we covered, really the only suspect there was in the sabotage was the United States, and there was already a good amount of evidence for that, like videos of Joe Biden and Victoria Nuland promising to end the Nord Stream pipeline, or the CIA warning Berlin beforehand that it was going to happen. Add to that, all of the activity from U.S. ships and attack helicopters in that very area at the time, and it seems ridiculous not to say the U.S. did it. Even before Hirsch's reporting, it was pretty obvious. He does use an anonymous source, but unlike most of the rest of the media who were just stenographers for whatever propaganda the unnamed source tells them, Hirsch has an excellent track record for getting information from anonymous sources, which end up going against the government's propaganda. Funny how that works. According to the report, the order came from Biden himself after more than nine months of highly secretive back-and-forth debate in Washington. The debate was never about whether to do it, just how. So a select team of CIA and NSA operatives devised a plan to use Navy divers and modified subs to locate a Russian undersea cable and record the traffic going over it to figure out where Russia's blind spots along the pipeline would be. Yeah, it wasn't encrypted. Big mistake. Early last year, the CIA Working Group reported, quote, We have a way to blow up the pipelines. The source told Hirsch, quote, Some working guys in the CIA and the State Department were saying, Don't do this. It's stupid and will be a political nightmare if it comes out. And then, once the threats by Biden and Newland were made, quote, It was like putting an atomic bomb on the ground in Tokyo, and telling the Japanese that we're going to detonate it. The plan was for the options to be executed post-invasion and not advertised publicly. Biden simply didn't get it or ignored it. But that meant that, suddenly, the operation, quote, no longer could be considered a covert option because the president just announced that we knew how to do it. There was no longer a legal requirement to report the operation to Congress. All they had to do now was just do it but it still had to be secret. They based the operation out of Norway. Of course, Norway and the U.S. are the two countries that benefit the most financially from the loss of the pipelines. Norway 
angering much of Parliament in the process, allowed the U.S. to have legal jurisdiction in various areas in the North regarding American soldiers accused of crimes off base, as well as Norwegian citizens accused of interfering with work at the base. Read this article to see the kind of details you get from a genuine source in the know. Not only details of the operation, but of the community they were operating in. They attached explosives to the pipeline that could be triggered by a sonar buoy on short notice. And then, on September 26, a Norwegian Navy P-8 on a routine flight dropped the signal buoy. A few hours later, the pipelines were taken out. Minutes later, you had the famous bubbling up of methane gas. The U.S. news media dutifully treated it like a big mystery and passed along propaganda from insiders laughably saying it was probably Russia. We went over the copious problems with that at the time. No major American news source dug in any deeper. And shortly after, Secretary of State Blinken said, quote, It's a tremendous opportunity to once and for all remove the dependence on Russian energy and thus to take away from Vladimir Putin the weaponization of energy as a means of advancing his imperial designs. That's very significant, and that offers tremendous strategic opportunity for the years to come. But meanwhile, we're determined to do everything we possibly can to make sure the consequences of all of this are not borne by citizens in our countries or, for that matter, around the world. And then Newland testified at a Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing, quote, Like you, I am, and think the administration is, very gratified to know that Nord Stream 2 is now, as you like to say, a hunk of metal at the bottom of the sea. And the source said regarding Biden, quote, well, I gotta admit, the guy has a pair of balls. He said he was gonna do it, and he did. It was a beautiful cover story. Behind it was a covert operation that placed experts in the field and equipment that operated on a covert signal. The only flaw was the decision to do it. Here's yet another story from Hirsch about illegal covert activities taken by the U.S. government. Shamefully, there's no news media coverage of this other than damage control. But again... More on that later. If you're looking for a way to support this channel, but you don't have any spare cash and you can't stand ads, you can do so by generating your own cryptocurrency. Use the links at the bottom of the description to follow the link to odyssey.com to listen to the podcast and see all of my YouTube videos as well. Just watching videos will produce cryptocurrency for the creator and yourself. And since Odyssey is always monetized and never censored, you'll have no problem seeing all the videos from your favorite creators. You can also use the library credits you created Odyssey to tip creators and even purchase paid content. Earn library credits through various rewards, including daily view rewards and the number of shares and invites. And you can interact with creators in all sorts of ways, including like and dislike, comment, boost a post by supporting it, repost it, and share to other sites, all while earning crypto for the creator. Easily monetize yourself and your favorite creators using cryptocurrency without advertising. Use the link below to visit this channel on odyssey.com and see many of your other favorites there as well. And now, an update to a story we've been covering involving GitHub disabling the website of a Pirate Bay proxy link site. They had received a DMCA takedown notice from the City of London Police, despite the fact that the site has no infringing material, nor does it link to any. Plus, 
DMCA notices have to be made by the copyright holder, and the Bobbies didn't specify any of their material it was infringing. In their notice, they even falsely said, quote, Yes, I am authorized to act on the copyright owner's behalf. Under the terms of the DMCA, GitHub was legally obligated to take down proxybay.github.io for 10 business days. The ProxyBay operator filed a counter notice saying, quote, The person claiming DMCA doesn't understand that there is no content hosted on proxybay.github.com, hence why it is wrong to send a DMCA request for it. There are no content media of any kind hosted on proxybay.github.com. If there is, ask again Mr. DMCA Robot to provide with exact links of media files which were infringed, and I will be glad to remove them from repository. Yeah, they were saying .com instead of .io, but apparently it didn't make any difference. GitHub reinstated the site. So far, no legal action has been taken. Meanwhile, maybe it's time to have a decentralized Git repo. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government sensors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home. And don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. We've talked before about the inevitable demise of Social Security. I even have videos going over how the very foundation of it makes it mathematically unsustainable. And we've also covered how Congress has already pilfered the money in the so-called trust fund, and how even disregarding that, there's no way it can stay funded for much longer. Well, when Democrats do harm, Republicans do nothing. As Congress looks to raise the debt ceiling yet again, having hit it on January 19 at $31.4 trillion, the one thing that's off the table is public enemy number one as far as the debt's concerned. The program covering Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid is facing a shortfall of $116 trillion over the next 30 years. And there are only two things that can be done about it. Cut the budget or add that amount to the national debt. Either way, we're talking about the government having to take 6% of GDP from American families. With neither of those apparently being an option, we're looking at basically a 25% tax hike, but there are two problems with this. One is that FICA is a regressive tax, and the tax will hit the poor the hardest. Second, increasing taxes just increases the liabilities they'll have to pay later on down the road. And that's not mentioning the biggest problem, which is the Laffer Curve. Empirically, no matter how much you raise taxes, revenues just aren't going to get much more than 17-18% to 18 of GDP long term. 
The tax increases stifle economic activity, and so you end up taking a larger piece of a smaller pie. Even by the turn of the century, experts were warning that Social Security couldn't be funded past 2037 without massive budget cuts. Politicians did nothing about it, and now, more than 20 years later, there doesn't seem to be any practical solution whatsoever. The boomers definitely don't want to touch it since they're the big beneficiaries of it. Despite the fact that they're the richest age demographic by far, they insist that they need to get that boondoggle for themselves. And this isn't even about the covering the ones who are poor, as they've repeatedly rejected means testing. That means that even a poor person working a part-time job will have almost 13% taken out of every paycheck to give to boomers with $2 million houses and yachts, which they already obtained by putting the costs of their spend thriftiness onto us Xers as well as millennials. Now, as Gen Z enters the workforce, they're looking at an even larger burden. Oh, and by the way, The Supreme Court ruled in 1960 that workers have no legally binding right to Social Security benefits. So good luck collecting when you retire. It's a Ponzi scheme, folks. Sorry, there's no box at the Social Security Administration with your name on it. Money is taken from current workers to pay current retirees. They're just trying to kick the can just a little farther down the road so it'll be there for them and screw everyone who comes after. But sooner or later, it's going to come to a head, and in all probability, it'll be sooner. Do you have children, or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling, or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash tuttletwins, and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary-aged children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I, Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain, or regulations passed in the name of safety, and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 apiece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now it's time to alphabetize this week's biggest bogan emitter. And this week, it goes to the Biden administration as we circle back to our first story. The White House has said that Hirsch's reporting was, quote, utterly false and complete fiction. You know, the same thing they said about the Hunter Biden laptop story. That quote came from White House National Security Council spoke Stooge Adrienne Watson. She previously spent four years working for the DNC. Sweden and Denmark, as well as NATO, have concluded the incident as an act of sabotage, but they've given no conclusions as to who might be behind it. Gee, wonder why. One thing they didn't do was refute the evidence presented in the article, which is compelling. Mainstream news media reports were full of mere rhetoric, like trying to dismiss Hirsch of all people as being a simple blogger. Of course, those are the same so-called journalists who say Russia is to blame, a claim that, as we covered, is absolutely laughable. 
Oh, and these are also the same journalists who still insist that the Trump-Russia hoax is totes true. So you decide who you're going to believe. As journalist and diplomat Craig Murray put it, quote, It is a clear indicator of the disappearance of freedom from our so-called Western democracies that Cy Hirsch, arguably the greatest living journalist, cannot get this monumental revelation on the front of the Washington Post or New York Times, but has to self-publish on the net. In a separate Substack post, Hirsch said, quote, I've been told my stories were wrong, invented, outrageous for as long as I can remember, but I've never stopped. In 2004, after I published the first stories about the torture of Iraqi prisoners at Abu Ghraib, a Pentagon spokesperson responded by calling my journalism a tapestry of nonsense. He also said I was a guy who threw a lot of crap against the wall and expects someone to peel off what's real. I won my fifth George Polk Award for that work. The Washington Post and my old newspaper, the New York Times, to name just a few, have found themselves in a cycle of dwindling home delivery, newsstand sales, and display advertisements. CNN and its offspring, like MSNBC and Fox News, battle for sensational headlines over investigative journalism. There are still many brilliant journalists at work, but so much of the reporting has to be within guidelines and constraints that did not exist in the years I was turning out daily stories for the Times. As Murray explained, quote, What most worries me about the entire story is the unanimous complicity of the mainstream media in ignoring the completely obvious. The media line, parroted here relentlessly by the BBC and corporate media, was that the Russians had probably themselves blown up the pipeline on which they had expended such great resources and three decades of intense diplomatic activity, and which was to be the key to Russia's single most valuable source of income for the next 40 years. This was always quite literally incredible. You would have to be deranged to believe it. It actually taught me not just that we are truly in the realm of totalitarianism and the big lie, but I learned something very important about how the big lie works. The secret is not that people genuinely believe an outrageous claim. The secret is that people do genuinely believe that they are in a battle of good against evil, and it is necessary to accept the narrative being promoted in the interest of fighting evil. Which is why none of them challenged the equally mad claims that Russia was repeatedly shelling its own forces occupying the Zaporizhia nuclear power station, and indeed is why none of them challenged the utterly risible official version of the Skripal story. And so, as utterly ridiculous as their story is, and as immensely credible as Hirsch's is, the news media nonetheless toes the line. So all of that makes the Biden administration this week's biggest bogani matter. I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one -on -one customer service. 
Go to Firmu, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmu dot Bogosity dot TV. And now let's unsaturate this week's Idiot And it's another attack on encryption. In other words, an attack on you and me and our ability to simply live our lives in peace. This time by the UK, which is trying to push through the online safety bill, which is as big on privacy violations as it is ignorant of technology. As bad as the surveillance states are in China and Russia, and as much as the US and the EU do to spy on their own people and violate privacy as much as they can, this bill arguably goes far beyond what any of them have done. In the name of, what else, protecting children from abuse, they want apps to scan for any content that might be considered abusive and phone home to report it. And they want to do it all from magical AI. The same AI that can't tell a cow from a horse, the same AI that misidentifies a panda as a gibbon if it's a bit noisy, is supposed to identify questionable photos and messages and upload them to Ofcom, the UK's Office of Communications. And yes, I'm serious. You know those captions that tell you to select cows or cars or mountains or whatever and only a few of them match? As different as the rest of them are, they cannot be distinguished by the AI. If they could, they wouldn't be useful as captures. And yes, this means they can't tell oranges from pizza, or stairs from a gable, or a chimney from a fire hydrant, or any of the other things you've seen. So how are they supposed to distinguish abusive material? This is nothing but an encryption backdoor. It would allow them to access anyone's messages, anytime, and forward anything the AI thinks is sus to the authorities. Which, of course, would only weaken security. Again, a backdoor for the good guys is a backdoor for the bad guys. And even if you somehow trusted Ofcom, there's the very real possibility of anyone else being able to intercept your communications for nefarious reasons, and that includes criminals, enemy nation states, anyone who could make use of your details. Nothing. Not healthcare information, not your finances, not your most intimate of conversations, could be protected by strong end-to-end and at-rest encryption. This would make it all irrelevant. And the bad guys would just use strong encryption tools anyway. They're already out there. There's no taking them back. It's particularly troubling in the wake of the Twitter files revelations, where government literally conspires with platforms to control what people are saying and how it's being said. And their own statement shows that suspicious activity includes facilitating the travel of another person, refrigerated lorries, and posting videos of people crossing the channel that show that activity in a positive light. And senior managers would be held criminally liable for any violations. It's a horrible intrusion on our privacy that's already become corrupt before it's passed, and that just has to make the UK this week's... Idiot Extraordinary! Well, 
Well, that wraps up this Am I Correct in My Assumption, You Fish-Faced Enemy of the People edition of the Bogosity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go to donate.bogosity.tv for several ways to support and discord.bogosity.tv to join the discussion. Subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar and you can listen early and ad-free. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Matt Taibbi. What we call right-wing and liberal media in this country are really just two different strategies of the same kind of nihilistic lizard brain sensationalism. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. Bogosity.